0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my controlling girlfriend, Carol.
1: Carol? Hey, what's up, asshole? (laughs) It's so fun living together, isn't it? (laughs) Not much.
0: It's been a good week here. It's November ninth, nineteen ninety six. You think it's not been a good week? It's not like we've been fighting all week or anything like that.
1: I don't know. When you decide you need to open the show by insulting me, it doesn't seem great.
0: We had a conversation beforehand and some things may have been said.
1: That can never be unsaid.
0: Oh come on now. <laughs> but yeah, I I think you're you're lovely. You're, mm-hmm. you're my lovely girlfriend.
1: He thinks I'm controlling.
0: I don't. I didn't say exactly
1: that. <laughs> Not exactly that, no. <laughs> All I
0: said was that you don't have to. See, here's the thing there's a difference between being controlling, where, like, you want everything to go your way, and what you sometimes do. Which is you want to sacrifice yourself and everything else going on for the wants of the person that you love. So, like, you're... Who is you? Right. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it could be your mom or... Or, <gasps> or Oh, no! Or whatever. What?
1: Mom might listen to this.
0: No, no, what I'm saying is... It,
1: you. Oh, it could I, be my mom. I thought you said you could be your mom like you're.
0: <laughs> no, When I said when I'm what I'm saying is the person you love, it could be like, you know, your mom. It could be like your brother or something like that. You want to. It's not necessarily controlling. It's more like, no, do this. You you just you just intimated that maybe you wanted to do this. Do Do it. Then I will. You know, I'll I'll shut everything down. I'll put everything on hold so that you can do that. So it's not necessarily controlling. It's more just like, I don't know, uh, super giving or whatever. But it's like sometimes I'm just saying something and I don't like you, I don't need you to make it happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How's the uh, microphone?
1: <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's all good. It's all good.
0: You're a little close to your microphone, I guess.
1: Very close to my microphone. We have a good relationship.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> the microphone doesn't think you're controlling?
1: <laughs> no. I mean it does, but it likes it. <laughs> <laughs> it likes that I tell it where to be and right. how to be. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I used to like that.
1: <clears throat> Fuck off.
0: <laughs> but uh you know what people really like? What? Apparently, William Jefferson Clinton is who everyone really likes because Clinton two. It says Clinton, what the fuck? Clinton no no Roman numeral two. Okay. Uh, are you are confused by this a little bit? You don't you you, do you you don't understand that it's tied into the election that just happened.
1: Don't be a dick.
0: Bill Clinton wins re-election. Defeats Bob Dole. Says Bob Dole's final barrage fails to hit home.
1: So they're saying it's it's the second term of Clinton. Yeah, pretty not not Clinton the second. Not per- like they're having a new baby or
0: no, Chelsea is Clinton the second. I guess. I
1: guess. But
0: uh, yeah, sorry to talk about politics, everybody. But it's, you know, it was an election year. Asshole! How dare you? It was an election year. There was an election. Bill Clinton beats Bob Dole, yay, pretty handily,
1: I like Bill Clinton, do you I do yeah. I like his saxophone playing yeah Okay. <laughs> he's fine. I think he's a pretty cool president.
0: well, that is the that is the the scale <laughs> cool to uncool, like most most uncool <laughs> president Andrew Johnson, for sure,
1: right, right.
0: Clinton's the coolest president. Washington was pretty cool, you know.
1: He was gigantic from what I hear.
0: <laughs> you and the girls are gabbing about uh, Washington and his back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was enormous.
1: No, I wasn't someone, he like... Someone
0: scrawled that on, a, uh, on an outhouse wall or something.
1: Wasn't he famously taller than like yes. most people? He was tall
0: yeah. for his time period, yeah. yes.
1: Making, making me like, all dirty and stuff. I
0: think he was like six two or six three or something like that. Kevin,
1: that's tall now.
0: Yeah, but it, you know, back then of course it was very freakish.
1: Very tall.
0: Yeah. Washington so believed in the cause of freedom that he gave up his, his power as first as general of the army and and then as uh president of the United States. But um you know, not as slaves. So Yeah can't judge people for, you know, the, uh, I mean, you can't judge a person solely by the worst thing that they did, necessarily.
1: Maybe you can, though.
0: Keeping slaves is, I, I, in some cases, I suppose, but, and he, obviously, slavery was bad, but, you know.
1: Like, I judge Hitler uh, based on the worst things that he did. Yeah, but he did that, like, a lot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <you know? laughs> okay. I
0: mean, because he did so many things. I mean, yeah, If I guess if all he did was the Holocaust, it'd still be bad.
1: Like, I also, I judge Gary Sinise by the worst thing that he did. This movie? Yes.
0: <laughs> well, he's been in Forrest Gump. He was in The Stand miniseries that we talked about, where he played Stu Redmond.
1: I kind of meant the character, but I can't remember the character's name, so that's why I said Gary Sinise, but I I don't think that this movie is the worst thing he's ever done.
0: The character's name is Wheeler. Wheeler. Anyway, so you don't think this movie's the worst thing he's ever done? Well, you think the stand
1: miniseries was? Very much so, yes. it was fine. It was terrible. It was terrible and disturbing.
0: Laura San Giacomo was in it.
1: I hated it. It made me very upset. anyway,
0: (laughs) you want to listen to that episode, (laughs) that was like season one, so I think it was like, I don't know, the 10th episode we did or something. Actually, I think the 10th episode we did was The Chase. Somebody go back there and- and, Dig through our tapes. And stick through our tapes and see if I'm right, if the 10th episode we did was The Chase with- (laughs) With uh, Christy Swanson and Charles Sheen,
1: I feel like you're just like throwing darts at a dartboard with the names of episodes on it. <laughs> we'll
0: see, won't we?
1: I, I guess Do you want to bet? No, because I'll bet it. You know why I don't want to bet? Because I finally got my full body massage last night.
0: Yeah,
1: I finally won a bet, so I'm I'm gonna leave on a high note, and you. we're just oh, not we're gonna never, bet anymore. We're never betting
0: anymore? I'm never getting another full body <laughs> massage. Nope. Right. Well, anyway, that's all the news I have. Bill Clinton dominated the news because of his winning the election. That's all <laughs> anybody's talking about. You're really uh showing your <laughs> your colors there. <laughs> <laughs> well you didn't like Bob Dole? War hero. He like rescued uh pilot when they crashed in Sicily.
1: Thank you for that. I like President Clinton better.
0: Alright. Anyway, so this week. We, we're just going to swing right into it, because this week we watched a movie called Ransom.
1: And this movie had Mel Gibson, who we remember from...
0: Melvin Gibson, I believe is his name.
1: We remember from... Lethal Weapon. <laughs> no, uh, yes, but no. Um, the one we actually did. Mad Max. Braveheart. Braveheart, yeah, he was in Braveheart. Yes. And um, He was also
0: in Maverick. We did that one too. Yeah.
1: It's our you third
0: Mel Gibson movie.
1: And then his wife was played by Rena Russo. Who Renee Russo, who's in everything.
0: Yeah. She's she's been in a lot of movies this year. She was in Tin Cup. She was in other movies. I don't remember.
1: She was in Outbreak last year.
0: Yes. Was that
1: last year? I think so. Yeah. Uh.
0: Anyway, so yeah, they're in it, and so's Gerald Gerald Sinise the fuck? Gerald. Donald Wahlberg's in this. Okay, Markled. That's my name. Did you see... Marcus. There you go. Did you see Donald Wahlberg in this movie?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: He's like, hey, how's your mother?
1: (laughs) He was the (laughs) nicest bad guy. He was. Got him killed, though.
0: And also Liev Schreiber and Lily Taylor. Bunch of people.
1: Yeah, lots of people in this movie. Who was the little boy?
0: Uh, I think it's Nick Nolte's son. His last name is Nolte.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Kind of looks like Nick Nolte, so it makes sense.
1: But, uh, are you going to... So, this movie is called Ransom. Let's talk about the movie. And it's about Mel Gibson is this super rich airline owner.
0: Yeah, when he was younger, he had the devil in him. (laughs) Some things still never change or whatever, I don't know.
1: So he, he has like the fourth most successful airline and he's like, I never wanted to be the most successful, just the best or something like that. It's like, whatever.
0: The whole thing begins with a commercial that he does. Yeah,
1: It's a really long commercial too. Yeah, it is. And like, I mean, I guess it's supposed to be giving us like some kind of character for him, but it's not really because it's so fake and surface that it doesn't really tell you that much about him.
0: What did you think of the movie overall?
1: Um, I thought it was decent. It was good. It it wasn't great. I have a lot of problems with this movie. Yeah, I had a feeling that you would. Um, But I mean, like, I I'm glad we watched it. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't put it in my top ten.
0: No. <laughs> so the biggest thing to me, this movie has so there's two there's two really big things to me okay but this this movie has a structure problem, like a really big problem with its structure
1: What's the big problem
0: because it's so
1: they
0: you know we establish him, his family and and Mel Gibson mm-hmm. we establish him and his family and all that stuff. Kid gets kidnapped you know they they go through the whole ransom bit and things go crazy along the way. There's a bunch of action and stuff like that. Then, kid gets returned to him, think it's over. Then it's not over, and then it keeps going, and then, like, <laughs> it it's... We reach the climax of the movie, and then we're in the resolution, and then there's another climax.
1: And yeah, it, it's kind of like a fake-out.
0: And it's like, it... <sighs> So, Mel Gibson figures things out with his brain in this movie. (laughs) Good
1: good, good thing he used his brain. Um, What else is he going to use to figure it out?
0: He's figured things out with his pinky finger. No, he he puts the pieces together.
1: Well, I mean, it's a pretty glaring
0: piece. Well, okay.
1: So, (laughs) yes, that's true. I think any person would have put it together in the situation he was in. But he,
0: he correctly surmises, they don't exactly explain how, but he correctly surmises that if he, gives, that if he pays the ransom, they're going to kill his son. So then he gambles and doesn't give the ransom.
1: But they do say how. They
0: say how, but it's like, it's so dumb.
1: It's, I don't think it's dumb. I think it's smart. And I, I think that anybody... Okay, will explain it. Okay, so he is going to drop off the money. He's talking to Gary Sinise over some walkie talkie driving. Yeah. And he says, How am I going to get my son back? How am I? He keeps asking. He finally says, We'll do an exchange. You give me the money, I'll give you an address. Mm-hmm. So then he shows up where he's supposed to, and there's a different guy coming to get the money. Donald Wahlberg. Yeah. And he says, Hey, where's the address? And he's confused and doesn't know what the fuck sign signed, And he just waves a gun at him and, like, give me the money. So he knows it's bullshit and he was never going to get an address, which means he's never going to get his son back. I don't think that's far out there.
0: Well, this is what's stupid about it. Okay. This entire, The entire sequence beforehand. Gary Sinise, he's a cop. He knows exactly what they're going to do because he brings the FBI in mm-hmm. to help him with this. He knows exactly what they're going to do, exactly how it's going to go. So they successfully jam the transmission so they can't track Mel Gibson. They have him uh, go into a swimming pool to retrieve a key, shorting out the wire that he's wearing. Uh, they have him transfer the money into different bags. They have him ditch his car and pick up one of their cars. They they do all these different things so they can't be tracked because they're, they're super brilliant, right? And then at the end... Gary Sinise is like, we'll give you an address and everything, and then he doesn't tell Donald Wahlberg to give him an a- address. Right. That's do- like he planned everything meticulously to the to the letter, but at the very end, he's like, "Wow, oh, fuck! It doesn't that doesn't matter. That yeah. detail doesn't
1: matter." It seems weird that nobody thought about it before then. Like, I would have wanted to know even before I started on this journey to give them the money. How am I going to get the kid back? Right. It seems like it would make sense to have that shit set up.
0: So it doesn't like he could have given him. A, he could have just told him, give him this address or whatever. And it had it be a fake address or something. It was just dumb that he planned everything out so meticulously except that one thing. Yeah. Which then led Mel Gibson to figuring figuring it out.
1: I guess he assumed that he'd hand him the money and then say, okay, can I have my son? Like, I don't know.
0: I kind of love how the the FBI still follows them there, by the way.
1: Yeah, first of all, how? And second of all, why are they so dumb? Oh, yeah. Like, he was not in danger. They claim that they shot Donnie Wahlberg because they thought he was in danger. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in danger. No. Donnie Wahlberg was driving away from him. Yeah. The fuck?
0: I know. It was weird.
1: It's so dumb. And they shoot him and kill him. And he's like, how am I going to get my son back now? Like, nobody thought about that keep the guy alive so you can find some shit out. Right. But
0: what I don't like about the ending is that throughout the whole thing, they kind of show that Mel Gibson is be at first. He's taken aback because who's going to, who's going to anticipate losing his son. But then he, once he gets his footing, he's like one step ahead the whole time of the guy. Uh-huh. 'Cause he's like he figures out that they're not gonna give give him his son, so then he comes up with the idea to basically turn the ransom into a bounty on Gary Sinise's head, and then figures out that Gary Sinise is the the missing, like mastermind or whatever. He figures all this stuff out. But in the end, it just turns into a fist fight in the street. <laughs> and it's like that's that's how he defeats him, is punching him in the street. It just doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, I don't know, I didn't I didn't like it. I didn't like that aspect to it. This is another movie, to me, kind of inspired... Ron Howard directs this movie. And maybe Ron Howard isn't the guy to direct this movie. Okay. In my opinion. He's a good director, fine director. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Apollo 13's own Ron Howard. Mm. But I think this movie could have used a grittier director. Somebody, like, this movie needed to be nastier than it was. It's it's like, it's like it's trying to be street level, but it's all polish. And everything comes out fine in the end, everything's cool in the end. If the Coen brothers directed this movie, this movie, to me, this is another one of those movies that's kind of inspired by Fargo, Coen brothers, or inspired by Quentin Tarantino, Pulp Fiction. Right? Okay. Like, It has that flavor to it, but with none of the teeth at all, because there's a point where Gary Sinise is like he's he's screaming with Mel Gibson on the phone and Mel Gibson's like, my son,
1: and he's (laughs) like
0: you want your son back, you know, and then he shoots the gun. We don't see
1: right. And, And the kid screams daddy right before, too. So it's like even worse. We don't see right away what happens.
0: But it turns out he shoots above the kid and the kid's not dead. But Mel Gibson thinks the kid's dead, because Gary Sinise hangs up the phone and everything, and, and like Rene Russo's like you killed him, and and everything, and and he thinks that his son has died, but he didn't. Coen brothers movie or Tarantino movie, maybe that's when the kid actually does die, right? But they they wimp out and they don't kill the kid. Then there's a point later in the movie. Where Mel Gibson figures out that Gary Sinise, he's going to write him the check. He figures out Gary Sinise is the mastermind or whatever. Gary Sinise knows that Mel Gibson has figured it out.
1: How did he know? That's one thing I don't get.
0: Well, he said when he, the reason they picked him is because he paid the bribe, right? He paid Mm -hmm. the guy off and he's like, you're, you're a payer. So I figured you'd pay again. He goes, I saw you on TV. I looked in your eyes and I could tell you were lying. He's like a cop, so he can tell by the eyes or whatever mm-hmm. when people are lying. So when he was in there and talking to him, he knew he was lying mm-hmm. once he figured it out. So that's, I think that's the implication. Whether or not that's realistic or not, who knows. But Gary Sneeze pulls a gun on him, and again, it's a point where if the movie had some balls, kill Mel Gibson. Yeah. You know, have it like the bad guys can still lose. But it could be, it could all not go perfect. It It all goes perfect for Mel Gibson and his family.
1: And like, there were a lot of times when he should have killed the boy and he should have killed Mel Gibson Mm -hmm. and he just didn't. Like, he could have shot him there and picked up the check that had already been written and signed. Yep. And went and cashed the fucking check. Yep. I mean, granted, they probably could have stopped it. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure.
0: But. Everyone knew who this guy was, so it's not like they question it. I mean, he, it was a big story, and his face was all over the news and stuff like that. So, like, if he comes in with a check for $4 million from this guy, no one's going to be like, mm, we got to check this. You know, I mean, maybe they would, but... I could see in movie logic, I could easily see them saying, oh, Mr. Wheeler, you're here. Of course, we've seen in the news. This is the money that he's publicly stated he's going to pay you. So, of course, we're going to catch. you know, right. I could see it working out like you could do it to where he kills Mel Gibson. uh, He thinks he's getting away with it. And Rene Russo stops him. Rene Russo does very little in this movie except scream and get beat up. Yeah. She doesn't get a lot of agency at all. He makes decisions like putting the bounty on this kid's head without consulting
1: her in any way. He's a shitty husband, for sure. I don't like that about their marriage.
0: And that leads into my second problem with this movie. Hmm. The protagonist is incredibly unlikable. Yeah. I did not fucking care. Like, I wasn't rooting for Mel Gibson in this movie. At all, he's a rich prick who paid a bribe to who committed a crime.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He admits to committing a crime, and the the guy that you know he committed the crime with or whatever is in jail, and he's not in jail. So that guy, played by Clueless's dad, by the way, <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan Hedaya, he he's totally right. He's totally justified in being pissed off at this dude. Yeah. So like he did that bad thing, then. Everything he does is something no one would do, and more antagonistic, and just pisses people off, and is totally arrogant. He acts like a rich, arrogant prick yeah. the entire movie, where he's like, oh, I, fi- I figured it out. You're not going to give me my son. Well, guess what? I'm going on TV, and I'm going to be like, fuck you. I'll come get you. You know, And, like, and just super threatening with him. The, f- the whole time, he just acts like an asshole. And at no point do I do I feel much sympathy for him and at no point do I really care about him I do, like I don't care if he wins I don't care if he loses and this is with Mel Gibson doing a fantastic oh, acting yeah. job throughout the whole movie when he thinks that his son is dead, the way he just kind of like breaks down and melts and crumbles. It's brilliant. He does such a good job in this movie, but this character is written in such a way that I don't give a fuck.
1: But what about the kid? And what about Rene Russo? I mean, I, I care. I'm invested for them, if not for him. I care
0: about the kid because he's a kid. So mm-hmm. just projecting him onto any generic kid. Right. I care about whether he's going to... like his. He, there's a couple points where he's scared and crying and stuff like that, where it's like... You know, that obviously, that that's such base-level surface uh, emotional manipulation from a, a screenwriter mm-hmm. that it's like, of course you're going to care about that. But I don't know enough about the kid. If we'd gotten to know his character much better at the beginning of the movie, if the movie had been a little more focused on him at the beginning, then I care more about the character. All I know is that he created a... A science fair project that he wasn't allowed to to enter in because his mommy is fucking one of the judges. one of the judges, and it would be unfair. But it's like it focuses too much on Mel Gibson. I think Mel Gibson and Rene Russo for the first twenty to thirty minutes of the film should be background characters, and we should really get in depth into Sean. That's the the character's name. Into Sean's life, learn about him, care about him. Then, when he gets kidnapped, we shift to Mel Gibson, who has been shown to be sort of aloof and 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 stuff like that. More interested in his company and his own personal drive than he necessarily is with his family, and this event catalyzes him and makes the the that strengthens the relationship ultimately in the end. That they become stronger, and you could do a thing where maybe his son tries to give him a look or something like that or convey something to him at the, that party earlier in the movie and his dad's not paying any attention. And then when we see Gary Sinise at the end, it's the same kind of look, but now they have the connection, their their family connections become stronger where he gets what he's trying to say. Hmm. You could do things like that to kind of, you know, actually like have a theme here and and make his... Make, his character, Mel Gibson's character, have an arc. Right. What is his character arc in this movie? He starts off as a rich, powerful prick. And he goes through some emotions and ends as a rich, powerful prick. He's not going to pay for the crimes that he's done. Has he learned any lessons? No. He did things his way and it all worked out even though it shouldn't have.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, the, the arrogance and, like, honestly, the lack of care about his child Yeah, when he goes on television and says, here's your money, and this is as close as you're ever going to get to it, when this guy has his kid, like, he could have tortured him. He could have beaten the shit out of him. He could have raped him. And he could have done any of that because he was pissed because of what Mel Gibson was doing.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. This shouldn't work. Yeah, and that's another thing that makes this character so unlikable because, like you said, he goes and does that without consulting his wife. But it shouldn't work in real life. Somebody does this. The is like okay. They shoot the kid, put him in a like a shallow, unmarked grave, and then they get the fuck out. Right. They, they, How
1: many people know
0: that they had the kid? Okay. Right. They go as far away. They go as far away as possible, <laughs> or whatever. They they distance themselves from it, and then they. Figure, okay, I'm not going to get caught.
1: I mean, and and to say, oh, you know, everyone, you're going to be the most hunted man in America. Everyone's going to be looking for you. They don't know who it is. Yeah. How are they going to know? Nobody knows. The police don't even know.
0: Fuck. It doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. So it shouldn't have worked,
0: but it does work. And at one point, he's like, he says something like, oh, this is personal, but it's not. Because he says, Mel Gibson says something like, You know, they're asking for $2 million or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And he he says they're never going to give him back. They're just going to kill him. And Mel Gibson says something like, this isn't just about the money. This is personal or something like that. He says something to that effect where there's like some sort of personal connection too, But there's not.
1: I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember them correcting him right away that this guy is all business and just be business with him. And,
0: and that's the thing, too. It's like he doesn't use business to really navigate this situation, or at least it's not it's not highlighted enough that that's what he's doing. Like, it, you could have done so many things. You could have, like I said, you could have made him obsessed about business and not care about his family. And then what he needs to do is get out of that mindset and think more about his family and, and things like that to maybe, I don't know, Sean leaves clues around or something. I don't know. I'm just saying there's things you could do in order to to make this, to, to give this character an arc to, to, to understand how he got from the changes that he had to make in order to navigate this horribly traumatic situation. But none of that happened. No. And you know, to me, it's just a standard... Action thriller, I guess. And it it really, it takes a situation that could be really good. You know, either, like I said, you could do it gritty. You could do it not gritty. You could do it where there's a happy ending. The Ron Howard style, as they call it. (laughs) But not be so by the numbers. Okay. Everything in this is super just... Boring by the numbers, the direction, the lighting.
1: I wouldn't say boring. I didn't feel bored in this movie. Well, I wasn't
0: bored, but it's just so standard. Like, I, I pretty much figured almost everything that was going to happen. The one interesting twist was the fact that Gary Sinise and all his cohorts, he was a cop, right? And he pieces a way, out a way to to actually get his money. Because Mel Gibson's like, you know, I'm upping the, the bounty to four million dollars. Yeah,
1: and can we back up for a second? The reason that happens. Yeah, go ahead. Is because Renee Russo goes to meet with one of the kidnappers on her own without mm-hmm. telling anybody because she gets a message delivered.
0: Yeah. Through her her uh, wait staff or whatever.
1: Right. And what they do is, you know, beat the shit out of her mm-hmm. and say, you know, don't tell anybody or we'll kill him. And she immediately tells. Like, she didn't tell she was meeting them. She wanted to pay. Like, why didn't she just keep it to herself and pay them then? But instead, she right away goes and tells. And then Mel Gibson gets pissed because they beat her up Mm -hmm. and says, oh, I'm going to up this to $4 million. Fuck you. And then that's why terrible things do happen. to That's the one time his son actually got hurt. Yeah, that's right. Because, I mean, he did something to make him bleed.
0: Yeah. But then, so... The, the Like I said, the one interesting thing is Gary Sinise kind of figures, oh, okay, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pretend, like, as a cop, because he's a cop, that I found this. Right. I found this kid. So he, he does. He kills all of his
1: accomplices. Including his girlfriend.
0: Yeah. And, you know, turns the kid in and everything. It, to me, that should be the end. He should just get away with it. Yeah. Like, that... That would be more interesting, at least. Or maybe he, maybe he calls him and and talks uh, t- talks to him about uh, the Eloy's and the Morlocks again. After like like, let's say he just lands from a frontier flight mm-hmm. to Mexico or wherever, and he calls him to taunt him one last time. And Mel Gibson's got to live with that. Like he didn't win. He can't always win. Maybe that's a lesson that, that he needed to learn in this movie. Yeah. Something like like that would have been a more interesting ending than the ending that we got where he throws him through a lamp store.
1: <laughs> I know? I agree. I agree. I think that would have been a better ending.
0: Because that's the thing is he talks about that movie The Time Machine. And he talks about the Morlocks and the Eloys, which is obviously uh, a – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, an, an analogy uh, or a parable or whatever – for, from from cla- classism, right? You know, and and Mel Gibson's high class, he's low class, or or whatever, however you want to say, class. upper class, working class, whatever. And it's a very a very clear analogy, right? But that it never comes up again. So what's the point of it? Is the point of that story just for him to be like, hey, you know, this happens sometimes to you guys. You guys mm-hmm. get all. You guys get all the money. This is the This is the price that you pay or whatever. And why... I don't know. And they never explain why he's so hell-bent on killing this kid.
1: Yeah, that's weird. They
0: blindfold the kid so that he doesn't see anybody. Why
1: are they going to kill him? Yeah, they could have just given him back. Yeah. And then, like, it would have all gone so much better. Like, I think, like, if he was going to pay, right? Mm -hmm. So if they'd actually had a plan in place to give him back the kid... They would have gotten their $2 million. He would have gotten the kid. Life would have been fine.
0: I mean, possibly. They did bring the FBI. The FBI really wanted to catch these guys. Yeah,
1: the FBI were assholes. They should have stayed hidden.
0: Yeah, I don't know. So I I, I don't recommend this. Really? No. I still I, do. I. It was fine, but, man, there are so many better movies. And there are so many. And it, It's a frustrating movie. Yeah. Because there's so many things that happen I'm like why would you why would you make that choice as a writer? <laughs> why would you do this? Why would you do well, that? Well, that's cuz you're a writer. <laughs> the what saves it is the acting. Rene Russo mm-hmm. and and
1: Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson are
0: both excellent in the movie. And I like uh uh Delroy Lindo in the movie too.
1: Which he, one's that? He's
0: the main FBI guy. Okay, The one that tells his wife man thank God we're not. Yeah,
1: rich. he did a good job. <laughs> I like
0: Delroy Lindo a lot. He's been in uh he was in a movie with with Renee Russo, I think. Oh, Get Shorty, remember? Mhm. He was in Get Shorty, I think. Yeah. But I like him a lot as an actor. But I just I don't I don't I don't I can't recommend it.
1: I I like, you know, thrill ride kind of movies mm-hmm. and that's what this is. Like I enjoyed sitting there feeling, you know, all the emotions and wondering, are they going to get him back and stuff? The ending was a little much, but I think it was still worth it.
0: Maybe you could rent it.
1: Definitely rent it.
0: But I don't, you don't definitely don't need to see it in the theater. And I just, I, if I was, if we were doing the, we don't do this. We don't do ratings because our, listen to our review. That's our rating. Yeah. We don't, I don't, I'm not really big into the, I'm going to give it four stars. I'm going to give it three stars kind of thing. I just think that's that's so reductionist. You know, like listen to the actual context of uh, and, and content of what we're saying as opposed to just be like oh they gave it 3 stars they gave it 4 stars. That being said, if we were Siskel and Ebert <laughs> and I had to go thumbs up thumbs down, I'd give it thumbs down. Wow. Reluctantly, but I would give it a thumbs down. Hmm. I, I did not really enjoy it.
1: Okay. I would give it a thumbs up.
0: Yeah, well, that's why you're you and I'm me.
1: (laughs) Are you Siskel and I'm Ebert or switch it?
0: (laughs) Well, we're neither, but why, (laughs) why, what, what do you know about Siskel and Ebert?
1: Nothing, (laughs) really nothing.
0: I would say that Ebert is more of the kind of, Every man, maybe I don't. I don't really remember. I used to, I watched him a lot when that, when I was a little bit younger, but you know, at the movies. But I think Siskel's more of the kind of film snobby type
1: one. So that would be you. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. That's
0: uh, our episode for the week, Carol. Why don't you tell the people stuff.
1: Check out our website at Mm www.RetroLateFee.com. Write us at LateFee1994 at AOL.com. Yep. And uh, share the tapes with your friends.
0: Yeah, we will see you next time. Bye.
1: Bye.